1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Rada, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a special guest interview today. But before we get into everything, quick reminder to vote for us in the People's Choice Podcast Awards for Best Female Hosted Podcast. And you can find the voting link in our description. Thanks so much. It really helps us out. Our special guest interview today is someone who's been with FIFA Pro MLS and United Soccer coaches, executive first professional business mogul, first ever president of USL Super League, Amanda Vandervoort. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you on here uh, because you are someone who has been so busy. Lisa and I have talked a lot this month in July about how just how much energy there is around this sort of summer of soccer right now. And you're one of these people that we noticed who have just sort of been in like all over the place when it comes to, to USL specifically. And you're coming off of very exciting final championship final for the USLW league between Minnesota and Aurora, uh, excuse me, between Minnesota Aurora FC and South Georgia Tormenta FC and uh, needed some extra time to get settled out. Uh, Kind of just sort of felt like very, very like momentous occasion. Uh, First, the first championship for, for this pre-professional league. Talk to us about sort of the the events and and how everything sort of played out there.
2: Oh what what a game what a game it was we uh, we were in uh, yeah in the Twin Cities in Minnesota for uh, Minnesota Aurora hosting um, you know South South Georgia Tormenta FC and uh, South Georgia Tormenta won they won two to one in uh, the second period of of overtime which was uh, as you might imagine very thrilling of a finish. You know, it was sold out. We had 6,500 fans in the stands, so it was rocking. The supporters group was singing the whole time. We had flags waving. You know, it was, it was super cool. The environment to see um, what that club's built and kind of how the W League has has really come to life here in our first season um, was super special. You know, leading up to that, we had that was our 261st game. Of the summer we have 44 teams in seven divisions across the country um over 1500 players in the league so to to kind of culminate in that uh in that moment in that stadium with those fans and with those uh incredible players it was it was such a special moment on saturday night
0: I mean, so thrilling, extra time, the inaugural season, inaugural champion. It, it is huge, but that was the W league. You're the president of the super league. USL is this entire universe essentially of soccer. Can you break down what is the current USL pathway for women in the sport? Just for our listeners out there that are, are, are just dipping their toe into the USL waters.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I've worked as, you know, as in Sandra's lead in, like I've worked across the game for a lot of years, right. I was at major league soccer for 10 years. I was in Europe running um, the global players union for women called FIFPRO. Pro I've, I helped launch WPS back in 2008. I was a coach, a college coach and a player before that. Right. So I've seen the game across so many different perspectives. Um, so, I came to the USL uh almost a year ago now with this vision to um to really l- bring the USL which has had for a long time in in the men's game, right? They've had Division 2 professional league, um Division 3 pro league and then pre-professional space they and academy. So there's an entire pathway on the the boys to men's side here at the USL and and we, we decided to invest in creating that same pathway on the women's side. So that's what, that's what brought me here. So yeah, my title is the, the, you know, the president of the USL super league, which will be our professional property, which kicks off, um, next year, uh, late August, 2023, right after the women's world cup. So we can kind of have that great lead in and then boom, we, we kick off our season. So that's uh late August, 2023, um, we have the W League, which we've launched this year, as I as I just described. So that's our pre-professional property made up of all amateur players who most of them, I would say, are playing in the college season. This gives them a summer place where they can play really elite level with high standards um, you know, during their summer months. And then in the near future, you'll see us, um, you know, working towards our our academy as well. So there's the entire process from, you know, youth to to pro within a pathway and that just hasn't existed before in this way. So it creates opportunities for for girls and women all through kind of their life cycle of being a player. And I'll add, Lisa, one thing to add, too, is we think a lot about not just the, the player pathway, but also um, the executive pathway, the coach pathway, the 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 workers in and around women's soccer, the people who want to be involved in in this amazing game um, that just haven't had the opportunity before. We're, that's part of our ethos is creating that opportunity for for women in in sport and in soccer.
1: I want to f- follow up on that a little bit uh, with you a minute, because it, it, you just were named first ever president of USL Super League in October. So I feel like it's been a while, it hasn't even been a full year. So it's a wild nine months in terms of your first year at work. And you maybe chat with us a little bit about how this this first nine months has has been for you. And as you're looking ahead to sort of actually meeting that one year anniversary, uh, reflect on maybe some of the things that you're like really proud of and maybe some other things that you perhaps want to work on moving forward.
2: Well, yeah, I, I said one year a minute ago, didn't I? You just yes. that nine months, I feel like it's been nine years. I think <laughs> I think it's been one year, and each of those thirty days is how I feel because it's it moves fast. It really has moved fast. I mean, I mean, starting with being so proud of the W league, I mean, really how you know you 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 sign up these forty four teams and you don't know what the level of play is, you know, ultimately going to look like. And to get the spectacle that we did Saturday night, but all throughout the year for me has been, has been just a, a a really proud moment. Um, so yeah, from, from when we started till, till now, I mean, it's been, um, it's been intense. It's been visionary. I think it's, um, in terms of like having conversations about people, about what does a pathway model look like, Um, you know, what can the future of women's soccer in this country look like? How do we reimagine the standards and systems by which we operate so that they support, um, you know, they support players in that journey in a really authentic manner and the way that players, um, you know, want and need and deserve. Um, but, But, you know, coaches and executives too. So we have a lot of those conversations, but rooted in Rooted in the organization that exists too. So the USL is um, I mean, we're <laughs> USL is 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 wild. It's 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 huge actually. And I hadn't really, I guess I hadn't really been too deep a part of it until I came into this organization. I got to know it through my local team in Tucson, mm-hmm. FC Tucson, it's my hometown. And I really got to know the organization and And seeing that FC Tucson plays in League One, which is our third, third, third division, but our second um, division professional league and see um, how that all operated um, and understand the infrastructure at the USL like we have a league office of 100 people, right, and we're on this path to growth here so really getting a sense of like how we already have this full operation so 100 people at the league office you've got all these professional clubs with stadium developments going on across this country like like i think we've got 29 potential stadium projects going on across the country with our ownership groups and it's um It's it's incredible. So I think my first nine months to sum up this this soliloquy, I think my first nine months have been getting my arms around the incredible infrastructure that already is is in place. And then how do we use that to um, to inspire the organization, inspire the future of women's soccer and uh, and give us some leverage to do it in a really professional manner.
0: Amanda, as you've really wrapped your arms around that infrastructure and and gotten a feel for not only the business side of it, but right, you mentioned the stadiums, traveling to different stadiums, seeing these players, the coaches, the fans that come out. Um, The the USL Super League set to start at the end of August of 2023. What are your goals or your vision for the very first season of the Super League?
2: Yeah, the first season, I, I... Listen, I come from, I come from, you know, a professional soccer background. I come from the player union movement. I want to create a league where players want to play. Coaches want to coach. Partners want to invest. Um, you know, and, and we can really get behind this, um, uh, this movement in, in the country, you know, if we have 10 to 12 teams across this country in communities that haven't had access to women's professional soccer before. So igniting and inspiring fans too, to, to really like lean into this movement and recognize that there is professional soccer uh, in their hometown. So yeah, I'm excited about, um, you know, about about what all that means and and really seeing it come to life and having a, a top notch, you know, professional league for for these women to play in.
1: You know, I think that's for me as, as someone who just sort of, you know, watches all of this, like 12 hours of soccer a day. Right. Um, that's I think my most favorite part, I think, about USL is just sort of this this concept that it expands all across the United States, that there's many towns and cities that you can find a lot le- like a level of professional soccer. I mean, and, and maybe this is sort of a, a 101 type of question, but I'd like to bring it on to the show for people who are curious about it. But when you're looking at the landscape of, of USL W league, we're talking mm-hmm. over 40 teams and then looking at the fe- future a little bit to the super league, What's what's the the sort of the landscape that's gonna how that's going to look? What's the the goal for for teams? The the start you know the kickoff. Uh, how can people attend games? Is, is that I know USL has a, a ESPN deal. Is is the ambition there to to announce a, a broadcast deal as well? Things like that. Let our let our listeners know what to be yeah. excited about.
2: There's a lot of questions in there, and there's a lot to be excited about. So let me start um, with the the ten to twelve teams across the country. We haven't announced the the venues yet, so I look forward to doing that with you guys. Uh, you know, in, in the near future, um, we are we're on the international calendar. So we are we'll be playing from August to June with a winter break and a summer break. We think. Um, we think that's really important both for the players and the players to be able to select, you know, their national team competitions in the summer between the Olympics, the World Cup, the regional tournaments. You guys know there's there's <laughs> for the, the top, you know, the top pros to be able to go play internationally during those windows is um, is something we feel really strongly about and also having a mid-year break. So being able to take, you know, the December, January period off for players to kind of refresh um, and get ready for the second half of the season. So will be on the international calendar, um, which is, um, you know, a big deal um, for also for the fans, because we believe that that means that fans are going to have access to their their top players for more of a higher percentage of the season. Oh. Right. So um, so the international calendar was a big a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, we're the first league to do it. So um, I think that demonstrates um our commitment to to the player needs and also to to the fans and and their you know what they're looking for. So um yeah we'll be on the international calendar um 10 to 12 markets um 2023 uh let's see what am i missing what am i what am I, yeah i mean we're we're working on broadcast we're working yeah. on media um at the moment um we've got um yeah, I, where 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 am I missing? I think the biggest thing to take to kind of describe is the sustainability. So as we're building our clubs, as we're building the league, what we're really looking at is, of course, twenty twenty three, right? And like, what does that look like? But what's the long term sustainability and the business needs that go into building um, a professional league? Um, and those are all the things we're working on right now.
0: For women that are young girls, maybe that are playing in high school, they're playing collegiately, and they want to take that next step um, and continue playing, whether it's throughout college or even after playing collegiately. What is the ideal pathway for a player that wants to get into the W League or into the Super League? Uh, looking forward.
2: Well I love that you use the word ideal because uh, actually I'm I'm gonna counteract that that there is no ideal pathway. <laughs> but um what we're doing is introducing choice in that pathway, right? So um you yeah, you may play college soccer and then be play in the W League, you know, in the summer. You may play college soccer and go straight to the pros. Um and, and we're creating that opportunity as well. So you, you, you might go straight from high school to the pros. You know, we don't know. And today the really the aspiration is is the college game. And so we wanted to make sure that, that we support that. We work with college coaches, work with players that are playing, you know, at, at the collegiate game. Um, so they have that W League pathway. But, you know, if if they want to go pro, um, the, the, the the Super League will be a great place for them.
0: So soccer, you mentioned this at the start of this conversation, it's been such a big part of your life from playing collegiately to being the head coach um, Mm -hmm. at NYU, uh, then switching to the administrative business professional side of things. How did you make that transition from the player coach side of things now to the business administrative executive side of the game?
2: Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, um, I think at that point that was, I I was the coach at NYU until 2007 and I left after that season. Um, I knew that I didn't want to be on the field every day. Like I love, I love soccer. I love it with all my heart. I'm a soccer lifer. Right. But I, um, I knew that, that coaching, as much as I loved the relationships I built with players, I loved recruiting, I loved all that stuff. I knew that the on field X's and O's like wasn't my path in the game. So I left, I left, I I, I genuinely, I moved to San Francisco and I wasn't quite sure what I was gonna do. Um, And it was around that time, 2008, I met the people who were starting up WPS um, and started having conversations with them about how we can use media, social media in particular, as a direct-to-consumer method of of growth. So I started talking with people like Marsha McDermott and Peter Wilt and Tanya Antonucci back in, you know, 2008 about like, okay, how can we use Twitter? I mean, it was just a, you know, it was a, it was a glimmer in our eyes at at that point about how Twitter could be, you know, powerful for the future of, of women's sport in particular. And that's really where I cut my teeth in the pro game was, the the first 2008 US Women's National Team player allocation to WPS. We live tweeted it. We didn't know who was going to watch it. It was going to tune in. Listen, we didn't know. We were like, well, let's try it because the media isn't picking this up and newspapers don't want to write about it. So let's try this Twitter thing, you know, and my career kind of followed the growth of soccer Twitter, I think, along the way. So I was at WPS 2008 to 2010 ish um, and then I was recruited into MLS to help them launch their um, social media strategy and then kind of grew into the area of fan engagement so for me, it was a it was a, um, a. A passion, it was, how do we get more people. Hey, I want soccer to be successful. (laughs) So what's my role in that? Um, and I just believed in the power of social media. And so I, 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 and I saw this pathway. So my, my career really grew in direct consumer marketing, like how to reach people through sport. Um, and that's, that's how it evolved. And that's really how my transition from, you know, coaching to, to administration and management came about.
1: I love that. I, I, um, I love having conversations with with folks like yourself, uh, Amanda, who sort of had the, the background and experience of, of a former player. And, but with you, you also have the added layers of of coaching and and now being uh, a sport executive. And I just, especially now in this timeline, we're all in 2022 and just sort of, it sort of just feels like this very kind of, I won't say groundbreaking, but maybe breakthrough type of year for, for women's soccer. I mean, we're on here talking to you about, um, USLW League, USL Super League, um, right in the middle of a very exciting time for international women's soccer. So, a couple of questions I'd love to have because I'd love to get your perspective on this as well. Because you you have someone who who's been in the game for a very very long time, and I would love to get your perspective on it. But one of the big things going into 2022 is we had some pretty historic things happen. We had a couple of collective, uh, r- remarkable, landmark type of CBA deals. Uh, one for the United States Women's National Team one for uh, the NWSL as well. Can you just sort of maybe give me your perspectives and, and sort of watching that kind of come to fruition as someone who's you know been around as long as you have been?
2: Yeah, I mean, what a what a tremendous moment for the players on on both the national team front, the NWSL, and congratulations for to everyone for for getting those done. Um, you know, we just at USL, we just completed our men's championship uh, CBA in, in November and are working towards um, on the men's side as well. So, um, yeah, I I think my role at Pro probably is what gives me the most context related to this. I. I left mls in 2019 um i knew i wanted to be back in in the women's game and i wanted to be an in international soccer so to be honest i it was kind of like what i just described when i left coaching i i kind of just like was like all right where do i want to be so i i packed a bag i got an airbnb in paris for the summer and and got to know you know i worked for fifa for a week i, I helped with one of their events but wasn't really sure what my next step was but i knew and this is the advice i always give to people be in the space where you want to work and you'll, you'll find your people, you know, you'll find your role. So, so I met the people at thief pro, the global players union um, out of Amsterdam and they offered me the chief women's football um, officer job. So I moved there and in doing that role, I really got to see the player movement across the world, around the world. Right. I was really involved in a couple cases cases um, where the women, um, not only, I mean, listen, everything from, from abuse to just fundamental rights not being acknowledged to CBA negotiations um at a at a national federation level. So I think I saw it across the gamut. And and for me to come in here now into a league and be able to set standards from the beginning is a really, I feel a place of, um, of, I mean, special privilege for myself to be able to do that, but also hopefully, um, we can create an environment and an atmosphere, um, where, um, you know, where, where the players have that respect from, from the beginning.
1: I love that. I think we should actually close out on that. Quite frankly. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today and, and chatting uh, a little bit about yourself and in in your role in in this big picture of of women's soccer in the United States talking about USl, W League and super league. I, I know we're going to have you on again as we get closer and closer to that kickoff. And uh, we also like to take the time to to thank all our listeners towards the end of the episode. So thank you, everybody for. For listening and honestly if you have more questions let us know so we can invite Amanda back on and, and ask her some more some more questions so thanks everybody for joining along follow us on Twitter TikTok, Instagram at Attacking Third for more we're on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere you listen to your shows we're also available as videos subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third and we'll be back this week with so much more for Sandra, Lisa Roman and Amanda VanderWort this was Attacking Third